0: Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast, non-spooky edition, Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. That's Ian Ferguson, and it's Mitchell's t-shirt, Pat Contray and my Into the AM t-shirt with the the alien on it. Uh, On the show today, we'll be talking about uh, Amico Excitement, Heritage Auctions, big Halloween weekend. Results. We would love talking about the the latest. We haven't done that in a few months. Oh, the, the results. Uh, Maybe may a short scumbag. So the week we'll see. Patreon poll topic, Q and A's. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Ian, how was your weekend? It was good. I uh... good. Your life is good. Like Kevin Kubacheski.
1: Who's Kevin Kubacheski from I mean, You Can't Do That on Television? Oh, that's right. right and right.
0: everyone told me season two is on Paramount Plus, which was the yeah. first first season of it being just like a sketch comedy show without all the crowd stuff they did in Canada.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember. Someone sent that to us like immediately after. It's always good to know that like if we are unsure of whether or not something is out there streaming, someone will point us to it.
0: I was shocked because the big thing was it was never put on D V D for whatever for whatever reason they couldn't get all the rights and work out putting that on a DVD. You know how much how well that show would sell to like the Gen Xers and, and older millennials like me? That show was was a huge part of many people's childhood for years. Definitely would have sold well, I think, ten years ago. I think at I would, this point the, oh, the interest might be gone. I would still buy it. I mean, that show, that show was so well-written, uh, when you look back and you think about it, you're like, wow, they got away with some really heavy jokes on that show. They yeah. did. That were geared towards adults. Sorry, oh, yeah. sorry to cut you off. But no, it's fine. Um, goat Show. I read...
1: Uh, I didn't read. I watched three horror movies over the weekend. My plan all October was that I was going to watch... In Shocktober. I was going to watch a whole bunch of horror movies. WPIX Shocktober. I did it. Um, a new entry in a franchise that I like came out. Uh, VHS 94 came out. I liked the first two. Never heard of this series. Uh, they're anthology
0: horror movies. Ooh, like Cat's Eye. I love anthology horror movies. Or Strange... What was the other one? There was, a, there was a bunch of anthology horror movies in the 80s. Uh,
1: Tales from the Hood is a anthology movie. That was 90s. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, so anyways, yeah. So I, I wanted to watch the new one of those. I never got around to it. finally did. I liked it. It was better than the third one. Um, I want to see more. Um, I'm still waiting for the one VHS movie that is like perfect. There isn't one yet, but. I, I just I love the format. Um, there's a there's a shell narrative that usually always involves someone uh, investigating someplace okay. or something, and they usually end up finding VHS tapes, and then they find the tapes and they watch the tapes, and those are the the shorts, and they usually don't have any connection or. Um... Were
0: these released in theaters? I don't remember. Yeah, these.
1: VHS and VHS two were definitely released what, in what theaters. Years? uh vhs i think was mid-2000s i know it got like art,
0: small theater releases okay I, I was thinking like it was an 80s thing i never heard of it no
1: no and it definitely wasn't like a, okay. a big theater release it would gotcha. have been like
0: an indie uh art house so movie. it's like the, it's like it, it's they find a bunch of vhs tapes and they play them that, short stories. yeah so it's like usually the little, okay.
1: and then, then there's a bunch of short stories so i liked it it was good um i would definitely recommend it if you're a fan of the series then Vani went to bed, and I was like, well, I've got this Shudder subscription, because it's on Shudder, so I paid What's the five... Ni- it's it's like, a, Horror streaming? it's like a horror-specific streaming service, um, and I've had it before, and there's usually really good content on it. Um, everyone loves that Joe Bob Briggs guy. That's oh, everyone he, loves Joe Bob. That's where he does C- all C- of TNT Monster Vision. That's where he does all of his current-day shows. Oh, he does? Yeah, like Last Drive-In and all that. He does those on on Shudder. Um, so I watched The Beyond, which... Whew, Ooh. Uh it was uh, li- uh listed as a gore classic uh from uh su- I can't remember the guy's name last name is Fulci. It was an Italian horror movie that I watched. Oh, a gore centric Italian yeah. horror movie and boy howdy I don't know that I need to see that movie again. It was an interesting movie and I don't regret watching it but there's a scene where a dude gets eaten alive by spiders and I I never ever need to see that again was it done like re- like the effects were realistic or it not? it was really? it was done in a way that was extraordinarily creepy and i don't need to see it ever again little spiders such, such, no like tarantulas Ooh. but they mixed like real spiders with fake spiders and it created this very strange trippy like couldn't tell which one was real it was like very (laughs) like it was like a weird dream sequence but then like one of the tarantulas goes into a prosthetic face and pulls out a prosthetic eyeball and they do it real slow and i was like i don't
0: (laughs) i never got into the gore stuff some people like the gore that to me that's not horror that's like a a
1: subgenre no it's definitely a subgenre and i i understand some of it i like it what i don't understand is the people who get so into gore that they go looking for the real stuff or uh, well, they need they need help like the rotten.com shit like from back People when that was a, was a website <laughs> faces of death yeah no i like the gore in horror movies because you it's, know it's it's fake. an art form too yeah. like yeah. it's impressive like the, what they're like, doing like
0: the savini effects in the friday 13 stuff is, or night Street is super impressive it's
1: cool to see once you get past that point where like you're like, afraid of it you're like there's some yeah. artistry going on like here like the
0: arrow through kevin bacon's neck Beck is is, 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 is a classic yeah, yeah it's
1: a fucking classic scene um but yeah, I don't. I don't need the 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 real
0: stuff. Spoil- but, spoilers, uh, by the way. You know, Friday Thirteenth came out uh, when I was born, the actual day. May oh, March, really? 80, yeah, I, I learned that the other day. I was like, oh, shit, that's why I'm crazy. Maybe.
1: And then I watched Chopping Mall, Chopping Mall, okay. which is about a, a group of teens that get locked in a mall and they get hunted down by three security robots. Okay, well, it was all right.
0: So kind of a text slant to it?
1: Uh, yeah, it, honestly, it was uh, from 1986. I wish it
0: had lived up to the promise of the oh. premise and the name a bit better, but it was okay. still all right. So remember remember the, the unidentified VHS I remember that horrified me when I was four and five? Yes, we've got a, we've, an we, answer. We've got three people sent it to me on Twitter and email. Uh, it's not exactly what was in my mind. We're talking about a memory that's now like 36 years old. Sure, uh, Wizard of Gore. Somewhat matches my memory. Um, I thought it was a saw blade, but a chainsaw, chainsawing the woman in half, and it's very graphic for a VHS cover. It's, it's an art. It's, a, it's, a, it's someone drawing it. So The Wizard of Gore came out in 1970, and from all accounts, it's a terrible movie. Oh, probably. Like, really bad effects. Um, they did do that in the movie where they they saw someone in half with a chainsaw, and they, they did the effect by having a real woman in the top, legs moving in the bottom. In the middle, they put, like, sheep guts and did it, so it, it probably looked like crap, though, but that's sure. where the cover comes from. So when you see that cover, you're like, how is that allowed? Like, that's super graphic to have that cover. Someone getting chainsawed in half, a woman in a, in a bikini, which probably doesn't happen in the movie. I know someone gets chainsawed, but I don't think it's probably in a, in a bikini. But the movie's the, the movies about a guy that hypnotizes audience members to come be um, his, like, like, servants slash, uh, you know, helpers on these gory tricks But the person survives the trick but then dies of of the wounds from the trick later on at home. And there's a detective that goes and investigates or an investigator. I read the synopsis and I'm like, oh, that sounds like an interesting sort of premise but it's a low-budget shitty movie though.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I'd probably get some kicks out of it. Well,
0: there you go. You can check out The (laughs) Wizards Wizard of Core. I remember it being a woman b- with a saw blade, though. Like almost in my mind, it was more in my five year old memory. It was a more artistic cover than this. It was like angled up. Sure. It was like a, a giant saw blade. I don't remember being this sort of um non artistic. Like it, this is yeah,
1: but kids' imaginations run wild. That's,
0: but and I also remember saying to you, I remember I, I remember different colors of the cover. Like, next to each other. Like, it was a series of movies. So maybe I misremembered that. But I remember there being, like, a red and a blue cover with the same art but just different uh, outside color. I might be making that up, though. Little little five-year-old Pat was making that up in the little mom-and-pop re- uh, VHS store. You know how much fun of probably what it probably was running a VHS store in the 80s? Probably, like, the best job on earth. Plus, you're making money hand over fist, by the way, with your $120 uh, membership fees that they had back then. You know, yeah, it probably In 1984 money. You know, 80, 120 bucks. I still feel like it might be a decent job. Much
1: in the same way, like my, my buddy Rick, who's actually one of the ones who sent, well, he sent me that cover to tell you about. Um, He's like, I look at it every Monday because he volunteers at a video rental store. And I was thinking it's got to be kind of interesting because it's one of those things where people can come in and talk to you about like their interests and their hobbies and stuff. And you've got a shared thing. But unlike, say, the video game store, you don't have to worry about buybacks. You don't have to worry about returns. You don't have to worry about people buying something and deciding they don't want it three days later. It's a $5 rental. You take it home. The worst thing that happens is the VHS or the DVD is fucked up and you got to refund someone.
0: Yeah, there's there's not a huge amount of the and pop rental places yet. There was one up in um the fucking woody um foresty vacation spot near LA or one or two. There was one there for like the community there. Uh what the hell am I talking about? Not 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 Julian. Um whatever. It's it's like an hour forty five north of here. Anyway. Um there was a local mom and pop plays there because it's like for the local community members which isn't a huge amount and then it's for any tourists there it's like a kitschy thing they go to a rental shop oh by the way they remade wizard of gore with Crispin glover i was uh, just gonna say i'm,
1: I'm <laughs> saying they made it in 2007 and of course Crispin glover is in it of course Crispin. who, who doesn't love good old uh, Crispin Glover? Uh, bijou phillips is in it as well that, that name sounds familiar yeah i'm trying to it sounds familiar to me i'm trying uh, to see why so
0: what did i do this weekend you asked uh yeah, what
1: did you do this weekend?
0: Uh, it, I made an NES punk video, Frankenstein, The Monster Returns. Check it out. Please watch it. Please give me some support there. You know, watch it within within 12 days. That's right. He has 12 days to watch it, or else it just extinguishes from his memory. We you looking at Wizard of Gore? Uh, yeah, uh, I
1: was looking at the... the uh, and I went egg. to
0: Frank's... Uh, Frank had a uh, little birthday dinner. I forget, and, is his birthday on the 30th or the 31st? Halloween. It is Halloween. Okay. Frank the Scorpio, who, and he is a Scorpio. Uh, we went to an Italian restaurant. Uh, a little, A little pricey little more pricey than I was used to for an entree, you know, $30 uh, or an N up on some of them. Um, I got, it was one of those ones you picked the pasta, which were all freshly made. You picked the sauce type. Oh, God, I'm going to And you picked like if you want a topping like meatballs or the sausage. So I got the meatballs. I always get the meatballs at an Italian place to really test if they're a real Italian place. And I got the house uh, sausage. The meatballs were not my favorite. They tasted bland. So either um, there wasn't uh enough uh there wasn't like enough mixture of spices it just tasted like it, it, i don't want to insult the place and say it tastes like a bought-in meatball from a from a pizzeria but, but like, that's it, 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 like. A, it went towards that direction versus but they're supposedly uh, you know house-made meatballs they're also too perfect and circular which i thought was weird house made meatballs hard to have oh uh, yeah no, no, it's
1: got to be more of a you know a, a meatball is homemade Got lumpier. It, it's it, yeah it's, it's, it's got a little bit of an ass with an ass? Yeah, it gets, it's got a little junk in the trunk. It, it, when it settles, when it settles uh, in your cooking okay. it, it, flattens that out a little That can happen.
0: Bit, gets a little pear-shaped in the booty area. That, that, that can happen if you pan fry them versus just dumping them in the meat. That can happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. Neither did I uh, until now. I don't know, it's not really necessarily a pear, but okay. No. A little, <laughs> little junk in the meatball trunk. <laughs> just um, just spitting. So that's what I did. I worked on the NES Punk episode all weekend and got it out on Halloween. Kudos to Pat for that. You see about this Facebook rebranding to to Meta? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't used Facebook
1: in over a decade, and I will probably continue to not use Facebook. (laughs) I think my last uh, real post on Facebook was sometime around 2010. I think I'd mostly stopped using it by then, though. And I like access it every once in a while to get pictures.
0: I don't know what he what Meta is supposed to be. The metaverse. I want to build a virtual world because they they, remember they bought Oculus out, and we were like, why the fuck are they doing this for? Like, what's the point of Facebook getting into VR? So, I
1: mean, is it supposed to be
0: like VR chat for old people? I I don't know what it is. They don't know either. Here's the thing. No, of course they don't. People are down on, on Facebook because it's been obviously a cesspool of misinformation. Yes, and and hate shit, and and just. Vile crap, the past f- f- at least five years, but even before that, it was bad. But definitely the last half a decade, and they've gotten in a lot of trouble for and being called out for helping to propagate lots of misinformation and and sowing discord on uh, a variety of issues. I won't get into because I don't want the comments on YouTube to explode. But it's it is what it is. Um, and so they even acknowledged it, like in their internal memos. It's been like, oh yeah, we know this shit's going on, but did f- fuck all to. to Curtail a lot of it because a lot of it was like they got money for from targeted uh information and ads. You can like any post on you on, on Facebook, you could like put in money to promote it and boost it, and that happened a lot, right? Uh, before the election, uh you know, there was propaganda, and, and and it was a lot of it was connected to foreign actors for a decent amount. So, that they, they, their name is shit, Facebook, to a lot of people at this point. A lot yeah, of people say fuck Facebook. I'll just be on Twitter looking at uh, Bodega Cats. And hanging out and getting news that way, and it's a much cleaner, uh, much cleaner social media platform, or even Instagram. But Facebook's the worst to a lot of people. I don't think any young people are on Facebook, uh, and even people my age don't like it that much. It's only the no. It's, someone it's someone boomers. called it someone and I would, older people
1: someone I saw uh, aptly called it like a uh, hard to navigate family reunion. I think yeah. most people who have it these days keep it. Everyone I know who still has it, who's our age or younger, has it because uh, it, it connects them with certain older family members.
0: But that's it. That was the only reason I even held on to it for as long as I did. So, so okay. So Facebook's going to keep that name, but the corporate company's meta. That's not going to change a, a, a damn thing to how people look at Facebook. That's not that, going to change anything. According to the CNBC article... Uh, scrutiny of Zuckerberg and Facebook has ratcheted up in recent weeks over its handling of misinformation and hate speech and its potential to be harmful for teenagers and children. The latest inquiries come after ex Facebook employee turned whistleblower Francis Hogan released internal documents to press showing the company is aware its products and services can cause harm, but struggles to address them. That's so I brought up about that. Uh, Zuckerberg denied the claims of the documents in an earnings call saying they paint a false picture of our company. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have problems with not just retention of, of employees and getting new people there because the company's uh, reputation shit. But, you know, I, obviously Facebook makes money. I don't see how over time it can continue to sustain where it's at, though, if the young people don't latch on to it. You're just going to have well, old people die off. All
1: I really it. saw was, I mean, basically talk of how it, and it's obviously going to be a huge gamble and I don't think it'll pay off for Facebook. But the only way to get themselves back is to skip a generation and – Take their time to build this and hope that it catches the next generation.
0: Stunned. Yeah, and that's, you're, that's not, not how, you're not you're not going to be able to do that. That's not how social media has ever worked, or any website. Like, y- no, y-
1: it would be it would be it would be absolutely incredible if Facebook could fail, disappear for a generation, and then still somehow come back. I don't
0: think people are like what people were like. What, what was, people were like we, need, we need MySpace, Tom back, and it's like you know what? As broken as MySpace was, it didn't have Facebook sh- all this shit on it. Live that's journal. Like, what's that live journal was that before right before myspace around the same time uh, it was like beef, earlier just a little bit earlier or at the same time uh, I have a friend that uh not throwing Tom on the bus that's, that's fine my, my friend uh, I communicated with uh thinks it was uh, Tom on a dating app so to mm. to god it was myspace Tom wow just enjoying retirement got paid out what several million for myspace and just hanging out yeah I bet he's always, he's, he's young he's like our age oh yeah he's not that much older. he's probably like 45. Yeah, I was gonna say Cause 45, he, 50 tops, because he he was young when he did when he did he was I think it was yeah he was probably like five years older than us. Well, I mean, look at Zuckerberg. I mean, he's young. Yeah, he's already right. he's at, he's at, I think he's almost exactly our age. He yeah. was in college around the same time. Yep, or, or he might be a little bit younger. Yeah, and now you know, we'll, we'll we'll see if the VR stuff happens. I don't, I don't understand how it would be helpful. Uh, Nintendo is shuttering a couple of satellite offices in North America. I don't know if you saw this, Ian. Um, I didn't know they had uh, these satellite offices. It's still obviously unfortunate. They're trying to re- relocate uh, the, some of these employees. Um, so there was a there was a Toronto office, and then uh, Redwood uh, City, uh, California. I knew there was a Redwood office. I did not know
1: that there was a uh, Toronto office. That's interesting.
0: Um, they're going to obviously their main headquarters in Redmond, Washington, and uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. So there's I guess there's one right across there. Uh, we are, said we are moving more of our employees in operation into those headquarters and we'll be closing small satellite offices in Toronto and Redwood City. And they're they're closed uh, pretty much as of now or soon. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about it. It probably won't affect a huge amount. It sounds like that was like the marketing headquarters, the Redwood City one. Right. So close. Yeah. close. I hope
1: no one lost their jobs. But at the same point in time, I have a feeling a lot of them will be relocated, too.
0: Yeah, I hope. It, it stinks, but I don't think it's going to... It's not going to really affect any games coming out or anything like that. Um, it sounds you know, And a lot can happen. Here's the thing. I think I've dealt with someone through PR a little bit. A lot's ha- changed in the last 10 years when it comes to marketing these things. You don't necessarily need like big, huge, dedicated marketing teams as much as you used to. Where you get the influencers on board with things. On Twitch or on YouTube, on YouTube, I said that twice. Twitch, YouTube was the one I was missing out of the three. Just to say Twitch and YouTube, yeah, and Twitter Mixer and Twitter Mixer. People are Mixer. Um, you don't need to have as many people as you used to, to to basically do marketing. You just don't. It's um, branding's changed a lot the past ten years in how you get out, get yeah. the word out to people. And now Nintendo was like, you know what's the best marketing? We just put out a direct.
1: It really uh, is. And That's
0: it. We don't need anything else but we'll just produce it in-house and uh we'll put out a video and produce it. So dedicated marketing is you know not that's going not going the way of the dodo. Like that phrase should at this point. But <laughs> what going the way of the dodo? because cuz cause you've left the dodos al- alone. Cuz you have left some of them alone. They're just walking around dumb birds can't fly. You got to you got to eat all around. of them.
1: Yeah. Bet you they didn't even taste that good.
0: They were just dumb in there. They're just happy dodos. Hey, hey, human, I never saw you before. Clonk on the head. I'm gone. Now I'm a stew. Now my species is gone. Fucking idiots. I'm sorry. I'm thrown off. You know who's not an idiot? What? Anyone who
1: shops at ultimatenintendo.com, where you can get books, pins, uh, RBI baseball stickers right here, other stuff. Pat, take it away. Um. <laughs>
0: He's earning his paycheck. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's fun stuff there as well. My SNES games, uh, SNES games? My SNES books at puka-puka-games.co.uk. If you're in Europe, you can get them there. Uh, our pal Kieran there is selling them. Or if you're in uh, Canada, you can go to retro-mtl.com and order them in, in Canada there. I'm gonna be at Retro World Expo this weekend in Hartford, Connecticut. You sure are November sixth and seventh, and I'll be doing a panel. I'll be uh, getting some Connecticut pizza, which is somewhat close to New York, and uh, I'll be. I'll see... probably better than out here. Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes, without a doubt. And I'll be seeing our pal Norman. Oh, yeah. uh, Norm! I haven't seen Norm. He wasn't at Portland two years. I haven't seen Norm in two and a half years. Jesus. I think so. I don't think I've seen Norm since, uh, holy crap, it, what, sometime in the summer, Missouri, Game Con. That was like August. I miss my, my roommate, Norm. So we're going to hang out. Dan will be there as well. The, the retro Dan's going to be there again? Yeah. The RetroWare crew is going to be be there. John and Lance. Good
1: old John and Lance.
0: Granddaddy John. Granddaddy John D. It'll be there as well as Lance, the, the old RetroWare folks. It'll be a, a semi-reunion of, of sorts. It'll be fun. And I'm going to be on Twitch I did Shocktober last week, but I actually found Shocktober uh Friday thirteenth. Uh, I found some of the commercials. Yeah, you
1: found a commercial block from, from the horror movies you were saying.
0: Uh so that was fun last week. I'm on twitch.tv slash country code every Wednesday with the best mod in the world, Audriana. It was it was great to see her again. not too many games a couple weeks ago. Uh you see Xbox and Sega teaming up here? No, that's why we took it off the docket because I had nothing to say oh, about it's it. there. <laughs> That was not Uh, supposed to be there. I didn't delete it. Xbox and Sega may team up to build games with Microsoft's Azure Cloud Platform. The move is linked to Sega's Super Game Online project. Uh, Xbox and Sega will explore a strategic alliance to produce games built on Microsoft's Azure Cloud Platform. The company said in a release Monday, these unnamed games will be part of Sega's Super Game Initiative. (laughs) That sounds so silly. Mm -hmm. Super Game Initiative. Come on, Sega! You're the making the super it game reason, initiative, which is designed to create online community-centric titles based on existing franchises.
1: Right out of the okay. MCU writers' room. Okay,
0: so this this is a partnership. The same way it's a partnership when you buy pizza from Papa John's, as, as has been joked about before. Uh, it, I mean, you're using their cloud platform. I don't think Microsoft's going to be looking, you know, like producing Sonic games uh, with Sega. I don't see that happening. It's just like probably like a support, you know? Yeah, no, this is literally
1: just a, a company being signed up to use a service.
0: Yeah, but it's Sega, you know? Uh, you like this quote? Sega has played such an iconic role in the gaming industry and has been a tremendous partner over the years, Microsoft's Sarah Bond said in the release. Together, we will reimagine how games get built, hosted, and operated with a goal of adding more value.
1: Oh, I love value to players. Love it! I love value. <laughs> More value to players than Sega alike. Can't get value. enough fucking
0: value. <laughs> oh, that got worse as I read it. <laughs> that got worse. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Sega! Someone, someone tried to leave like a troll comment saying like, um, "I'm the NES punk video that just came out." It's like, oh, for someone to bash Sega, you gotta have a lot of games in your room because they saw the shelf there with this. It's like I, I never hated Sega. Like, what is? Where does this come from? I just never preferred them. That's. <laughs> That's all. It's like the I like I I prefer Hydrox, but I I like Oreos. I just prefer Hydrox. (laughs) I'm not going to turn down the Oreo cookie. You're not
1: saying no to
0: one. Yeah, I'm not turning down Golden Axe just because I like Contra. You know, I'll play Golden Axe. I like Golden Axe. Golden Axe is very fun. It's a very fun game. That was a system cell. That was a killer app to me in the the pre pre Sonic Genesis days, which are interesting. Uh, Chris Pratt. Oh God, no! Chris Pratt. I thought this was a joke when I saw this. Yeah, and this I did goes too. back to my my scolding of Nintendo for this is what you get, Nintendo for not listening to Pat. This is what you get for getting the safe choice of Chris Pratt to voice Mario. Because now, on top of doing the Lego guy in those movies and now doing Mario, Chris Pratt's going to voice Garfield. What, what's happening? What's happening here? It's what's happening? It's insane. What's happening? What, 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 does Chris Pratt have information on someone? Like, how, how does he keep getting, getting these voice roles? I'm sure he's a nice fellow, but this is, this is weird. Yeah, it's very uh, strange. This is so strange. Um, these, are, these are really big roles. The Lego movies were huge. Mario's going to be a big movie. Garfield's a big property. How do you go from Lorenzo Music and, and Bill fucking Murray to Chris Pratt? That's not even close to the same realm of type of voice. No, it's
1: absolutely different. Is that all he's done? I'm trying to find that out. I feel like he's done more voiceover
0: stuff. Well, apparently now he's the, he's the uh, voice du jour. So um, yeah, now, maybe not. Now people are, are making fun of it that he's voicing uh, someone in uh, um, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, vo- oh yeah, it. I saw there's that. These, yeah.
1: Now there's all these jokes, but like you can't make it up. Garfield, Mario, uh, Lego Movie Two, Lego Movie Both. One, yeah. Um, that should be enough. Ever, Emmett's holiday party. Emmett it was it was a uh, Lego.
0: He's the guy from Lego, I think. Oh, is it okay? Yes, that's like a thing.
1: So, usually... oh, he was in Onward too. That's what he was. He was uh he was the voice. It was a Pixar movie from like twenty um 2020 it was like the uh, D like adventure themed one with like the kids they go on a journey okay and orcs But at and
0: least that, that was that a starring role or just an ensemble at least
1: i think that's a starring role that's what i'm getting at he's yeah so that's he's all like shit. how is
0: this happening yeah is there no one else out there to do the voice roles get me in there i'll do my mario for you <laughs> it's a me a patch i can do the mario come on no no <laughs> no patrick But <laughs> patricio it's crazy and now everyone knows it. I'm not saying Chris shouldn't audition for these roles. Get that money, Chris Pratt. Go for it. I don't care. But like, I don't know. Maybe he's just amazing. Once he gets, he's just amazing. He's off the charts. He can do all these things. I don't picture him doing Garfield. I couldn't picture him tomorrow. I can't picture Chris Pratt pulling off the sort of, sort of morose, lazy, lethargic Garfield. I just don't No. He's always an upbeat character in all of his movies. Upbeat, yeah. energetic, in all, and of course, he's great in uh, Parks and Rec. That's where he... he I, mean, I never up saw
1: from. the Bill Murray Garfield movies because I don't like Garfield, but I can imagine Bill Murray would have been a great
0: voice for him, honestly. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't give a shit anyway. He probably right. didn't give a shit while
0: he was recording for Garfield.
1: Some one of my favorite <laughs> lines like, from Zombieland. Right, let's,
0: let's bang this out in 40 minutes. I gotta go to the Cubs game. Like That's probably what he, what he said when he recorded it. Like, okay, Bill. Okay, we'll just get we'll just do the w- one take Murray is what they called him <laughs> in the Garfield. <laughs> oh, that was one of the funniest lines from um what the hell the zombie movie when when he uh,
1: That's what I just said. That's one of my favorite lines from the zombie movie. I missed that. It was, yeah,
0: they're like what, what well, do we, you regret? Regrets. Oh, Garfield or maybe. Garfield <laughs> and that was that was that was hysterical. Yeah, when he said that. Cuz he acknowledged that was just like But it probably wasn't even that big of a deal. It's just like, well, it, it was it was kind of recent to that movie. The fuck we was at? Zombieland. Zombieland. zombie land, That's yeah. right. I saw the sequel. Did I see the sequel? The sequel was good. Was it? Was it worth the wait? Like the ten year wait? Or it wasn't nearly as good as the first
1: one, but it was still a good movie, and they obviously had fun making it. So, so I, was, I can't. Was
0: Rosario Dawson in that? Uh, was she in that? No. I share a birthday with Rosario Dawson as well, but she's a year older. Maybe was she in that? Yeah, she was in Zombie Land. She shows up in the best stuff, Zombieland Double Yeah, Count. she was in Zombieland too. How yeah, do you not great. know about... Bizaria? No, I, I mean, I was thinking about it. You're right. No. Yeah, she was in there. Okay, I got to check it out just for that alone. And Woody Harrelson does not age between the two. No, it's it's
1: getting to the point where it's weird. <laughs> it's,
2: it's getting a, to the point where it's, 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 it's kind
1: of fucking
0: creepy. He has looked the same since Natural Born Killers. And that was 30 years old. He's 60 by now. Yeah. You still have to see... Um, God, that was a uh, amazing the, the the fucking HBO, det- a True Detective with him and I still gotta McC- watch that, McConaughey. Yeah. yeah, I gotta watch season that. one. It's amazing the the two of them together. And that was already like probably seven years ago or so that came out. He's sixty. He's yeah. sixty, Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Okay, in that picture he kind of looks sixty, but they make him up. I guess he doesn't look. He's sixty playing Carnage. Like who'd have thought that? Yeah, it's nuts. Natural born kills. That was at 93? 92? Yeah. Yeah. So he was so he was born in he was born in 50, 1950. That makes sense. From Midland, Texas. Yeah, check out, check out uh, True Detective. That was that was really fucking good there. Alright, we we're gonna we're gonna talk about some other stuff and have fun. We're gonna talk about other stuff. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. Viore is a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Ian, when I go to the gym sometimes, I might you know, look like I'm ready to work out, but if I step into the supermarket, I look out of place. Not with Viore. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. It's comfortable. If you want to wear it all the time, just lounging at home, going outside, going to the restaurant. Seriously, it's more comfortable than whatever you're wearing right now. And it's very, very versatile. It can be used in just about any activity. You want to run? I do yoga. If you want, if you want to train in it, you want to go jogging, and, or you're just running errands on the weekends. Viori's
1: got great stuff. I'm a big fan of uh, light jackets. They not only have hoodies, but they also have what they call the Sunday element jacket. They have windbreakers. They have pullovers. So in addition to the gym, a lot of this looks great for camping. They also have jogging pants and really nice-looking shorts with tons of different patterns. The yeah, core this,
0: short. The core short's looking good. They have uh, they have camel uh, patterns. They have solid prints. Uh, I like the seaside hoodie. It's a classic zip-up hoodie. It has a four-way stretch and soft brushed fleece. I love those sort of hoodies. You can, you can wear them wherever, and they're stylish as well. So Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners... They're offering twenty percent off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at vioreclothing.com slash cu podcast. That's V U O R I clothing.com slash C U podcast. Not only will you receive twenty percent off your first purchase, but in, you'll enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And there's free returns. Go to vioreclothing.com slash podcast and discover the versatility of Viore Clothing.
1: going to talk about Tommy Tellerico. Ian, has your excitement for the Amico been ruined? My, the excitement for the Amico. My excitement for the Amico has, in fact, been ruined. Uh, someone over at comicbookresource.com uh, let me get their name here uh, wrote up a uh, Cassidy Stevenson uh, wrote up an article called Intellivision amico 10 things that have soured fan excitement for the console and it's a uh, again like a lot of these articles that have been coming out doesn't go super super deep but it's a good recap and a a good oh. it's a good thing for people to see if you if you are genuinely learning about the amico and you Google it. This is the sort of thing that you want to see because it delivers information. And it's a listicle. Yeah. It delivers information in a fast, concise way. Um, so we're just going to go down through these real quick here. Uh, Ten, the release of the Intellivision Amico has been delayed three times. Sure enough. That can sound our That excitement. is absolutely, absolutely a warning sign. Uh, the lack of game options to play. And then she goes on to talk about, I uh, will have six games with it, Astro Smash, Shark Shark Skiing, Cornhole Farkle, and a still unidentified six game. It's like they forgot about that six game. I'm ho- They're I, probably
0: hoping people forgot about it. They're hoping that's going to be the killer app. And they said about 20 to 30 additional games will be available for purchase when the Amico launches. (laughs) Okay. That's what they say. And then one new Uh, game will be released on the shop every 10 to 14 days, which was something that
1: Tommy definitely said in the past It would probably change his tune on now if someone uh, complained about it um, because it's all misinformation. But yeah, one new game after your initial slate of 15-minute-long games is played through every two weeks is not going... That's not a recipe for success. We can do the dramatic number eight. Uh, the dramatic price increase for a retro console, um, yeah, there's no way it should be as expensive as it is. Tommy has said before that the price point is, uh, I mean, I don't know how else to put it, artificially
0: inflated. Uh, he said the markup is huge it was, on it It was going to be 149 to 179 Yep. and then I misspoke about the price. I got attacked, uh, and Tommy tried to say all my opinions were wrong because of that. And I ended up being right in my prediction of the price anyway. But he, so, has, he has bragged to people
1: on the message board about how the markup is incredible on these things yeah, and that retailers, retailers love
0: us. Retailers love, love us. I'm hosing you for this shit. Retailers love us because of it. Why this would is, you say that? This is six-year-old cell phone tech and that should cost 120 bucks maybe, but you know what? That's fine. The target audience is unclear. Number Not a seven. whole
1: lot more to say about that one because that's been my problem since day one. That's, and no matter how many hundred... People, two hundred people tried to tell me that they that the market is for them. Okay, then you're the market and you can have fun with it. But the market is already
0: when we say occupied when we say there's no market, we mean to sustain a product in an ecosystem to have it be yeah. viable.
1: Of course it's gonna be I know what their target audience is, but that target audience doesn't
0: exist. doesn't exist. Nintendo ate it up. Yes, it's gotta be people that know the Intellivision, that have kids and grandparents, but don't play the games on the cell phone, but like cell phone quality type of games, Ian, but don't already. but they may not play. You start doing aerobics in order to justify, like, what the smallest concentric circle point of what the hell that is. Yeah. Number six.
1: Number. Uh there's no online multiplayer. This has a dot, dot, dot yet. I would get rid of the dot, dot, dot yet. I don't think there's ever going to be online multiplayer. Tommy uh was really heavily touting early on that there was not going to be any multiplayer because it's a family-friendly system. So, you know, instead of trying to figure, figure out how, do how to do it, yeah, they hate multiplayer online. So right. instead of trying to figure that out, it just wasn't going to be there. Now, uh apparently, they are quoting a line that says... And uh, television stated we are looking into more online gaming and sharing features, but they will have to fit into our overriding family-friendly goals for Amico. Um- the heavily touted gameplay on this. They don't even have a web store set up yet. Uh, they There is talk about online leaderboards. I love online leaderboards. I think any score attack based game should absolutely uh, have a
0: leaderboard. Uh, whether we'll even get those, though, remains to be this is, seen. This is an important point about why there's no market for this. The days where, Cassidy uh, writes, the days where kids hang out in person to play video games are long over. They probably still exist here and there, but for the most part, they're not ever well, coming. Well, they do, back. and it's fun, but uh, yeah, I
1: mean, it, it, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like fighting against having a phone or something. Yes.
0: You're, you're. This is another reason why they're talk- our audience will be disappointed due to how accustomed kids are to playing games like Fortnite online. You can't go back friends. to the way before technology. Yeah, and, and obviously the other thing they miss out on is that like you know Twitch is so much a part of, of young kids playing games and experience as well. If you don't have uh, you know, Twitch streamers playing this stuff, that's a huge tool to get kids even involved to begin with. We never bring that up, how... There's not gonna be kids even streaming Amico. That's there's no way to then share it to other kids easily. And that's like that's the free advertising that you want. Is that right. streaming? That's not that's we didn't really bring that up, but that's a huge dent against a product like this. Number five, touch screen design of the controllers. We'll just say the controllers, but touch screen uh, two wireless Bluetooth controllers come with the console, and players are able to download an app on their mobile device. Yeah, whatever. Um, no it, one likes using touchscreens in lieu of buttons. No one. If the, the Amico is supposed is supposedly designed to be a family-friendly console to play at get-togethers, a touching controller will be difficult for grandparents to figure out. That's a great point. Unless it, you say, well, they're used I to playing on phones. I, I don't uh, think it
1: – I was going to say, I don't think it needs to be. I think it probably – that's one area I'd, I'd disagree uh, touchscreen is-, is going to be, I think, a bit more inviting
0: than something with a lot of buttons on it. I just don't think it's
1: going to translate to anything beneficial.
0: It's the combination of the different things at one time. If it was just a touchscreen. Sure. But now you have to have a touchscreen with shoulder buttons with the control pad. You're yeah. throwing all these different
1: errors of technology together. Don't don't take me wrong or get me wrong. I don't think it's a good controller. I just don't think a touch screen is the problem.
0: Well, the is not gonna be used as a touch, it's gonna be used as a button press. Yeah. Too. It's not it, it, you're not gonna be dragging things around no. on this.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Um number four.
1: No physical editions of the games. Suck it. You can say whatever <laughs> you want. That doesn't count. No cartridge slot for old intelligence. Number television three. Games. That's number three. Um this was never promised, and this is something that people always bring up. I get it, but this, to me, is why the Amico... This, this highlights... I don't think this is actually a problem because it was never promised. Would it be nice? Yes. I think what this highlights, the no cartridge slot for old television games being at number three, is that the Amico has been very bad about conveying what it is and who it's for. As we've said a number of times. So much so that like 50% of the people who have this pre ordered, who aren't really following along, but occasionally pop up in like Reddit or online, always say, really excited to play those old games reimagined. Like they're just going to get 50 and television games reimagined, like those Atari compilations. Sure. They have no idea what's going on. I- they th- and, and there are people out there who still think it's supposed to play old and television games, and then they are surprised, like this person, when they find out that it doesn't, because he's never really conveyed that. It's obviously appealing more to a retro mindset, and these people want that sort of See, stuff in there, but it's not there.
0: As an aside, I'm shocked that they wouldn't just... Shocked! I'm shocked that they didn't just put out, as one of their physical products, not reimagined, just a bunch of olden television games. Like I'm just surprised they didn't do that. If they have the rights to them, why not put out the original television games, how, like, like they do on the Evercade? But uh, for the Amico, I'm surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. I'm just I, surprised. No, I am too. Because that, that would have been a pure cash-in, but easy to get. Yep. Uh, number two lack of gameplay shown uh, yeah I mean you can say well <laughs> yeah we, 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 <laughs> yeah I, I, you, they showed them at events where you have 24 hours notice to get to uh, some of these games but there's been no super in-depth gameplay footage shown publicly when I say publicly I mean like YouTube videos saying we're gonna play fitting and Fox for 15 minutes straight We're gonna play uh, we're gonna play um, Evil Knievel. and you're gonna see all the different modes and features in different stage designs. This is what you can, there's been no real detail shared about these individual games at all. No feature gameplay features stage stage, uh, different stage, like what the goals are of these games. We have uh, fucking, that, that fucking brain duel game. We've seen nothing of that game. And that's a physical product. We've seen just like, a, I think like a placeholder text on an image of one of the, in one of the fucking, um, uh, trailers. And they sold that as a physical product, nothing for that game for like, in in, in for the Amico. Someone says, well, that's a remake of another game that's out there. The whole point is Which one? Uh, The Brain Duel. Oh, yeah. The Brain Duel. The point is this, is that um, for the mass audience, these have not been seen. No.
1: No, and all we've seen of the other games so far has been the... uh, Despite the fact that they say it's been shown plenty of times, we have seen in total, with the exception of a small handful of games, a small handful of games that uh, honestly aren't going to change a whole lot, um, we've seen... A, a a dedicated commercials worth of footage maybe for each one. The amount of footage we've seen is is would be like looking at looking at one of the it's almost like looking at one of those old Nintendo posters and picking out which games you like from a single screenshot.
0: Yeah, we we we, we we we
1: arguably with, with the exception of stuff like uh Rigid Force Redux which you can get like right now, we know We know absolutely nothing of substance about any of these games. Oh
0: no, Utopia when uh when you see like uh 3 seconds of it like, oh, did they
1: even show that? I thought they haven't shown that yet. But like, but like Cloudy Mountain, for instance. That's you, what I mean, Cloudy Mountain. Yeah, can't, you can't tell what's going on. It, lo- it, yeah, it has a nice, night. it has a nice visual look. But you literally it.
0: see seven seconds of the game.
1: And that's the thing these people have got. Uh, a lot of these people have gotten so dead set on these games being the system sellers. And they're literally going off of no information. Yeah. Uh, night Stalker looks good. It has an interesting look. It has a thematic look to it. We uh, know what it's Cloudy what? Mountain has a thematic look to it. Yeah. Why can't we see? These are games that are going to be meatier than the other games. Why aren't we allowed to see Earthworm Jim? <laughs> Earthworm Jim. <Gym. laughs> the only to- I mean, Tommy's kind of right in some ways. I mean, he kind of he kind of put his foot in his mouth when he said, you know, what do you, what do you people want to see these videos? I mean, like, how much can we show? Well, you're right. For a lot of these games, you can't show a lot because there's fucking nothing to it.
0: <laughs> nothing that
1: exists. There's nothing to them. You can't do a ten-minute-long video on sideswipers because no one will buy the fucking game when they realize that it's just driving around in a track and crashing into each other at intersections, or
0: when you realize that that's literally what skiing is. It's fifteen minutes and then you're probably done. Ten levels, no
1: difficulty options, from the words of Tommy, from the mouth of Tommy himself. That's that's
0: shovelware. That's shovelware. That's probably worse than shovelware when you think about it. Uh, And number one, the Miko falls flat when compared to the Switch. Yes price points similar to the switch it's more expensive than the switch Lite. uh the the switch might do a 50 dollars deduction at some point to get people to buy you know i mean like it's been out for four years four and a half years this point uh the switch yeah uh another option is emulating intelligent games that gamers have a desire to play this is uh cassie finishing up the intelligent miko is a way to play remasters of old games but unlike the switch cannot promise new franchises Therefore, it will be easy to run enough games to play on the Amico, yeah, because they won't produce enough. Right? I mean, like again, I, I, uh, you know,
1: beating a dead horse. This is going back to they, they, they view launch as the finish
0: line. I think it's funny when people say, "Oh, the Switch has too many games; it's not curated." There's, you, there's still you'll be dead before you pl- get through the amount of games that are available on the Switch. Um, with the Amico, you're not guaranteed to like every game produced. So let's just say, let's say it launches with 20 games. Let's say it does. It not, probably, every, not everyone's
1: uh, going to be scrambling to buy spades when it drops that Friday.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the monster car game is not going to be one necessarily everyone wants to buy. Not everyone was, was going to buy Evil Knievel. Not everyone's going to buy Brain Duel. Uh, you know, the, the attach rate of a game to a system, unless it's a killer app, you, you maybe get up to like 30, 40, 50%. But like most of the games, you're looking at 10%, 5%, unless there's the dyed-in-the-wool uh, people that will have to buy every single game. Most people can't do that. Most people won't do that. Most people won't right. buy every game. So they're, you're going to run out of games to play. You absolutely will. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point that we don't hit upon enough. But, you know, it's hard to communicate, in what's going on with the console, of course, when you don't put out gameplay videos. But it seems like, uh, according to Atari H4. Oh, there's going to be an FAQ soon. An official FAQ. An FAQ update that is going is being crowdsourced right now in, in the good old Atari age forums. Tommy's literally asking people to submit questions uh, to update the FAQ. So there's no what a, more what a, what a brave boy. No no more misinformation out there. Information direct from the, the horse's mouth. You you think that you would have had your FAQ finished about your physical product before it was in people's hands and got their money for it. But hey, I'm just crazy. You know, in terms of knowing about how how RFID works and whether or not you know you'll be able to, if someone will be able to steal your game and put the uh, code on your system. You think that be, would be all buttoned up and clear before the product is in people's hands? But but like we don't know when the console's coming out anyway, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's a cl- it's clown show stuff. Yep, you're crowdsourcing information about your multi million dollar company for your product. Like you're you have investments, investors. You have People that think, uh, for some reason, that this can compete with other video game companies. Like, uh, at some point, you have to act like a real company at that point. Imagine if Nintendo waded into a forum and said, hey, everyone, Switch is coming out. What are some questions you want us to answer about about our product before we put it in your hand? What? What? You should know every question that a consumer is likely to ask if you if you know what your product does and what it doesn't do.
1: In an alternate universe or not an alternate universe If it was a different company, I actually wouldn't be so upset with that question. It's the fact that he's asking the questions in the Atari Age forum where he knows he's free of criticism.
0: That's true, too. That's
1: my problem. I have no problem with a company coming out and being like, hey, we want to make sure we covered all the bases. What do you want to know about? I have zero problems with that. My problem is the fact that he's doing it from an incredibly sheltered position, which means that a lot of hard questions aren't going to be tossed at him. Well,
0: you're not going to put hard questions and answers in an FAQ anyway. I mean, he he wouldn't at least. No, Uh, he just wouldn't. Um, And then there was other shocking things that were posted uh, here um, where he's talking about, okay, there's a post Ian. Uh, We've been very busy the past week and haven't had much time to respond. We don't usually go go into Tommy's posts, but he reveals a few things here that are super, uh, super weird. Um, About the RFID, just because someone buys an RFID reader and scans a link on our card doesn't mean there isn't other encrypted data on the RFID. What? Okay, so now, so he basically he's saying that that URL is going to not is going to be encrypted in some way. It's there's going to be he's something that else. He's saying there's
1: more data on the RFID, but anyone who knows anything about RFID know, knows it holds very very little data. Usually I mean, a string of about six numbers.
0: So is he saying that the scanners there's like stuff in there that's not being scanned that was been reported on? Is I, that what he's saying? I have saying? a
1: feeling that'll be torn apart real quick somewhere.
0: Okay. Uh, People are trying, are already trying to figure out nefarious ways to beat the system. Nefarious ways, so they can steal a ten dollar game. That's fine. why does I he? It.
1: Why does he always talk like a fucking dime store DM? I don't
0: know. <laughs> but before people call us idiots, did anyone consider this? If you buy the game in the store, take it home, tap it on your Miko, kick it to the internet, and then take your Amico offline, then take the game back to the store and get your money back. What is stopping Intellivision from making an offline Amico system have to tap the card again in order to play the game when the system is offline? RFID doesn't need internet connections to work. Okay. So now he's going to claim that in order to get around the common sense thing that everyone thought about was the issue with this. Instead of just doing a common sense RFID shield on your fucking product, instead he's now claiming that potentially they'll force... The users have to tap the fucking car on the console every time to play the game. All right, can you believe that? Uh, he does talk, talks about how FCC certification isn't complete yet. He says you do not need FCC certification to manufacture a product. I repeat, you do not need it to manufacture a product. You need it to sell a product. Okay? Okay. So then why manufacture a product if you can't sell it? (laughs) Right. Why
1: would you go into full full manufacturing without knowing if it was going to meet the certification?
0: Are you crazy? To say that we're not ready for manufacturing and production because our FCC certification isn't coming up on the website is naive and misinformed. I would kindly advise these types of folks probably aren't the best source getting your Miko news. We could pull the trigger on the final fcc certification show it sh- so it shows up on their website anytime before the product ships maybe we have reasons for not doing so at this exact moment in time i would love to hear those reasons why are there reasons why yeah pulling the trigger to me infers that there's an inference that it's we already know we're going to pass we just haven't done it yet for some strange fucking reason why would you put off the testing of that. If, if this is done, all the parts are completed, why hood, couldn't you have done that already? Playdate did it on uh, for theirs. Uh, like a year before launch, the certification was done on it. At least, I think. I can just picture Tommy now listening to this and being like,
1: Playdate did it.
0: <laughs> but like, you see my point, though. You do not want to wait on FCC certification. Because if you fail that, eat you should, may have to go back and change very key two things: designing yes. your console. Maybe there's parts too close to each other. The shielding isn't more isn't powerful enough. You might have to do a total. The worst case scenario, you have to do a total redesign of your board and parts inside. That's not a small thing. And and FCC certification is pass fail. That's all it is. It's not like, well, we'll give you a B on it. No, you can sell it to some people. It's pass fail. That's insane. What kind of what kind of infer, what kind of splicing hairs are that? Go ahead, Tommy. Manufacture 10,000 amikos that haven't passed certification. You go for it. And then take the chance of whether or not it actually passes certification. Okay, yeah, you can do that. If you're a fucking lunatic, you can do that. I think we've seen that.
1: I think we've clearly seen that.
0: (laughs) These are a few examples of the type of it, real information that will be available on the television. The types of real information... (laughs) Our FAQ will be the definitive place to get all the true and real Amico information. True and real. So, again, this goes back to Genovi, a guy that was interested in the product, not super hardcore into the information about it, but then, oh, I'm going to buy a product. Oh, my God, I think I've been taken for a ride. So he has to go to the official FAQ to find out. No, no, no. You should put out a video. You should have put out a video showing the RFID card with the console, activating and downloading the game and then playing it. Then there would be no misinformation. That's what you should have done on your Twitter account, on your Facebook, on your YouTube, if the ecosystem existed for that to happen. But as we know, it doesn't exist for that to happen. That's what you should have done. Not have to now worry about people finding a fucking FAQ on their site to find that on their product. Nintendo, Nintendo shouldn't do directs anymore, Ian. They should just point people to an FAQ. Just point it to the FAQ. That'll, that'll work. And have people find it out. It's fuck. It's 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 lunacy. I bet you once the FAQ is done,
1: they'll start banning people from Atari Age for asking questions that are answered in the. You FAQ. think so?
0: They'll just point there. Mm-hmm. Are you are you kidding about the FCC? I, I, you can't make that up about FCC certification. You can't make that up. It's absolutely insane. That's just nuts. Several million dollars. Of investment money. Wasn't he talking
1: about how they were doing like a million different certifications too? Like they
0: were in the middle of certifications? I have no idea. That was like the big thing last spring. I, I, There's well,
1: 53 certifications
0: or something. All you have to do is fail fail on FCC certification and you're back to the drawing board literally in terms of redesign potentially. I, I have nothing left to say on it. I just don't. I mean, yeah. The words speak for themselves, Ian. Yes, they do. Ian, a VPN is very important to protect your identity and your information online. That's a virtual, private network. And NordVPN is a great, great choice if you want a VPN. NordVPN uh, will master information. I've used them when traveling. I go to conventions, you know, so I go to the airport. I get Wi-Fi there at the hotels. And it's that extra layer of security to make sure there's not people out there trying to steal your information or you know if you're just hanging out at home online you don't want the isps to know everything you're doing it's not it's not any their business what websites you're going to or, or what you're what you're doing it, it really isn't I can access like 59 different countries
1: by changing my virtual location with one click this means that i can check in on entertainment pretty much anywhere in the world so if i want to watch something in the uk i can or if i'm out of town if i'm uh, on a business trip and i want to check on something that i've been watching back home i can access the u.s stuff so it kind of lets you explore a bit more too
0: yeah help with streaming services you don't have to sacrifice internet speed for better security with nordvpn my internet traffic is routed through a secure encrypted tunnel which protects my data and privacy i can also have nordvpn up i can also have nordvpn on up to six devices that's like your laptop Phone, smart TV, iPad, even your router. So all your devices will be protected. All right, it's Cyber Month deal right now. Go to NordVPN.com slash CU Pod or use coupon code CU Pod. That's the letter C U P O D to get up to 73% off your NordVPN plan plus one bonus month for free. That's NordVPN.com slash CU Pod. Get going, protect yourself. Nor VPN. Uh Ian Heritage Auctions had a Halloween spooky graded game auction this
2: spooky. weekend.
0: I saw some of these games at uh, Retro Palooza. They had them at the Heritage Auction booth. Oh, really? Oh yeah, absolutely. They had the Cheetah Men 2 there, the one for eighty, for $8, four hundred dollars. I had the conversation about uh with a, a few of the people there. I'm like, well, this, I said I said to them, no, this is interesting because almost all of these are sealed games. Cheetah Men 2. I said it's harder to find a non-sealed Cheetah it literally is. They're like, ah, you know, I don't know if they knew that, but I, I told them about that. You know, I don't know if they know the story, the Mike Etler story of the Cheetah Two finium and celium And that's not a factory seal. I didn't think about that. So is that even qualify as a sealed game anymore? That's another interesting question. Interesting. It's not a factory seal. Cheetah Two. It's just a it's a seal. It's a seal. It's not a factory seal. Right. Um, so how does that play into that? Anyway. So they had their auction results, and the the one big thing that that I saw people like Seth Averson point out, for example, like the super Mario brothers that was sealed only went for $492,000. Didn't go for a million. It didn't go for anywhere near uh, a 2 million that like the, the one that the rally app sold that they right. had investors for. So people are saying, Oh, this is a correction in the market. No one panic. And I'm like, yeah, 492,000 is still fucking insane. Right. For, for a game a few years ago, you, you could have got for probably four figures. It is it's absolutely insane. Still, but what if the next one comes out and it's less than that? And the next one, so the the people that are invested in this, they have to at this point, if they're in this uh, with a lot of money, they have to hope that the prices keep going up because if they continue to slide over time, it's gonna be hard and hard to hook more people in to keep yeah. buying. Right. Or for them to recoup their investment. It has to look exciting to get people to keep doing this. But the thrill might be gone. I mean, it's still exciting, but it's not exciting as a 1.5 million dollar Mario 64. Right. And it's funny how much that
1: 1.5 million dollar Mario 64 has really changed how we look at this in just a couple
0: of months. Well, not how we looked at it, but
1: well, yeah, in but, general. Yeah. In general. Well, I just and um, I also mean saying that a, a half a mil for a Mario 9.4 is unexciting. I, I yeah, mean, it, it, yes,
0: it's unexciting. It's still insane. Because right. even two years ago, it wouldn't have done that. All Heritage. I'm
1: getting at is they they want to see prices going up and up to get if they're if people are going to jump in. If they see something um, that dropped, you know, uh, estimated value was two mil and it dropped to half of one, um, that's not going to get it. A lot of people are going to have pause.
0: I had a conversation with uh, I believe Barry from Heritage Auctions. He's the guy at the class that Usually does the gavel thing. I had a conversation with him Retro Palooza. Barry uh, when. I brought up I brought up the fact to him. We had a nice little conversation at my booth. I think it was on Sunday. He's like, "Hey, Pat, I didn't know you realize you realize you're here. I always Barry, see my comic And I um, I was, and I said to Barry, I was like, "You know, the the, the prices they're, if they're softening, that's not good overall." Uh, but I said, "You guys though, doesn't matter to you guys. You make your percentage no matter what. It Doesn't matter." And he goes, "Well, it's still you know it still hurts us. we're making less money." I said, "No, no,", no. I said, Barry. You're not you have zero financial risk at Heritage Auctions. Yeah. You get in you get in games you can, you're consigned to you you sell them. You have zero risk. I said the guy that just bought the 1.5 million dollar Mario 64 they're at risk. At losing tons of money. And that's what I was trying to impart to them, but they shouldn't care. That's the whole point. I said, even if there's a, the point was this, he was trying to say well, if there's a downturn in the market. It, it hurts it heres auctions. It oh,
1: sure. It does. It hurts their bottom line. It's bad for business, but it doesn't, I mean, it's, they're, well, they're not, put, they're not gambling on the future of these.
0: They're still making money hand over fist yeah. because they get their 20% uh, premium buyers, but they also get, for what I learned, it's around 10, 15% uh, from the seller that mm. you don't see that. So like, the seven hundred five thousand uh, Legend of Zelda sale for a sealed one eight they get fifteen percent, I guess, before the buyer's premium. But they they're, they're make from that sale alone, they've made a hundred grand, a hundred grand they've made uh, on one game between the seller and buyer's premium. Yeah, one hundred thousand dollars from one game, and they've auctioned up six hundred plus games in this one auction. So they're not hurting on a downturn. They're not hurting, heritage auctions, and plus they 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 auction off art and concert. They're not fucking hurt at all. No, you don't need sympathy for heritage auctions ever. I didn't say I have sympathy. No, with not them. saying I'm you, just, but I'm, I'm just... saying like, so that's why I was like, oh, my bleeding heart. No. So we'll go through some of these. You like Sonic eating three hundred twelve thousand for a sealed Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Is that less than the
1: last one? I have no clue. I think the last one was like uh, four hundred. It was almost half a mil, so
0: that might be. That might be. Uh, you can look less. that up while I go through some of these. Mike yeah. Tyson's punch out a nine point eight. So that's a that's like a, a one pulled from a factory uh, like a, a carton three hundred twelve thousand. There you go. And then a nine point four only went for two hundred sixteen, and the person's immediately trying to flip that one for three hundred twenty four thousand. So again, that person may not have paid for it because I brought up my winner game story. I could have sold it before paying for it, yeah. and, and you're just basically paying interest on the sale. That you don't buy, you know that you you haven't paid for it yet. It's very interesting how much that plays into it. Another Super Mario went for a mid production. Again, these aren't early the sticker seal ones. One hundred fifty grand, one hundred fifty six thousand for a Pokemon Red. Uh, nine point eight, a plus plus plus. There's probably more of those out there. It's probably pulled from a carton. Um, here you go, Ian. Hmm. Super Mario sixty four, a nine point six, not a nine point eight. And what interesting? The nine point six went for a hundred and two thousand. Boy, is that taking a nosedive? It is. Oh boy, oh boy,
1: it is. But I do think, and I and I hate it. And it was it wasn't until Vani explained it to me, you know, when I met her. But we with 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 those yes, numbers the, in the in point specific, eight, we world really world do have to make sure we're only judging the point eights. No, I get it, but like, it's not a good sign. No, but because I, I think- would I, I would wait for another nine point eight before I said much of anything.
0: Well, let's let's look up the last one though. Look up Wada, Super Mario sixty four nine point six. I'm gonna see what comes up. Now, now I'm curious on that. Uh, nine point six uh, sold. Seven have been sold. Um, I'd guess that they might be less. Uh, that well, that was actually the first nine point six that went. Okay, one well, was a player's choice. Okay, so it's hard to judge that. I'm surprised about that. Either way, though, you're going to have sealed Mario 64s at almost every auction until the end of time. Whether, whether they're 9.6, yep. 9.8. Because a 9.6 was pulled from a factory case probably as well. Sure. Probably was. Uh, Twisted Metal. I like the PlayStation 1 ones because it's interesting because you don't see that. Twisted Metal went for $87,000. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the shocking one that is more, more legitimately rare than almost all of these is the Nintendo World Championships only only going for 84000 now, the last one went for 180, but I believe that was like an 8.0. Uh, so it was a higher grade. It was an eight or a nine. And this went for only 84000 Again, I didn't know there was one there for sale tucked away in there. It's almost like they don't care about those because obviously those can't come up for sale every month. There's not enough of them. Right. Come up for sale.
1: Yeah. So I was looking. Um, yeah. Ask- when you look at stuff that's like legitimately rare, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters 9.8, um, 55,000, 55K, still an insane amount of money, but those are genuinely rare titles. And those are harder to find. Again, there was a kid clown, too, that was like insanely low for what I thought it would have been that for was, being a genuinely. For sealed? For
0: sealed complete, genuinely hard to find uh, game. Um, dang. So the 8.0 NWC went for 180,000. You can make an offer to the owner for 270 or more. The 5.0. Went last November of last year for fifty two thousand. So eighty four. You know what? That's probably somewhat of maybe that's somewhat of an accurate price, or more in the realm of non craziness. You know, because that's a different different audience again than people buying a sealed uh, twisted metal Uh, Halo, a nine point eight Halo, not for resale version eighty four thousand. Yeah, there's. I mean, at this point, it's it's. You, there's not much you can say about it. I love Russian attack, Ian, but forty-three thousand for a sealed Russian attack seems out of pocket. It does. It's a little out of pocket, and I love Russian a- uh, attack. Uh, did you see some of the computer games that were here? Yeah, there was that interesting Wolfenstein
1: 3D and Doom shareware big box bundle. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. That I've
0: seen out. that before. I remember seeing that. That was the first time oh. I'd ever seen it. I don't think I ever saw that. It, it's just um, it's definitely kind of neat. It's just it's a bundle. They're basically just sealed uh, next to each other. Um, it's not one box. They're just, yeah, no, together. it's, it's pretty cool. I've seen that. So it was, it was the, yeah, it was the Wolfenstein 3d, um, commercial box, not the shareway, And then the doom one, uh, well, it actually says your free copy of doom Shareware. Yeah. The oh. doom is shareware.
1: Oh, I didn't see but that. The shareware comes in a big box, which is what's neat about it. So that's
0: a cool, that's a cool piece to me.
1: Yeah. That's actually genuinely neat. I think that's very cool.
0: Oh, okay. I got to remember if I saw that ever in this, in the store. Yeah, I never did. But obviously, that Wolfenstein was everywhere. Everywhere the Wolfenstein was, yeah,
1: the Wolfenstein was, but not not sealed together with the
0: big box Doom shareware. I'm Trying to remember if I saw that. Then. Maybe I saw another thing with it sealed back to back. Uh, the, the the interesting the interesting thing about that is that um, I wonder if those were like regional or nationwide when they did stuff like that, or if that was like to like certain chains that would do things like that. Yeah, I wonder.
1: Like, was that maybe a Computer City or CompUSA only sort of thing?
0: Because usually, I'm trying to think. They usually didn't give out free shareware at those stores. You still had to buy them. I bought my little Wolfenstein thing for like well, three dollars. Yeah, basically, I mean, they they got away
1: with charging you for the disc. Basically, the yes. disc in the packaging. So yeah, yes. it was always like a dollar ninety five, or sometimes it was in like a shitty plastic clamshell. Sure, three bucks.
0: Um, there was there was also one you should be excited about. A Commodore 64 Superman went for twenty five hundred even. Ooh, why would I be excited about I that? this Commodore? <laughs> I'm not a Commodore person, but uh, you want you want to see how the Atari stuff's been doing? I know yes, like,
1: I do, actually.
0: <laughs> you're like, yes, I do want to see. Let's let's search for Atari. Uh the the Pac Man went for 57 hundred dollars. Jesus, at an eight point five. The, the 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 game that might have spiked the North American video game console crash. Yeah, 57 hundred. The one that I got over there. Worst condition, but it's up on there. Um, pigs in space went for twenty two hundred. I thought that was funny because I saw that. I, I commented, "Oh, that's funny to see pigs in space." space yeah. that's actually a hard to find, hard to find game. Uh, Pac Man is insane because there's tons of those. Pitfall twenty six hundred sealed. Um, uh, someone sold uh, a new Atari twenty six hundred Junior console for seven hundred fifty dollars. It's funny how that just went for there. Um, it's not graded. Of course. Less Atari games than usual. Maybe Heritage Auction realizes we can't just throw all these Atari games on here. This kind of makes everything else look bad. Yeah. Maybe. It's the only thing I could really think of. We can't um, keep we can't keep talk, tossing out Spider-Mans every month that are going for less
1: and less money? Spider-Man, from what I, I've noticed, has become kind of like a tongue-in-cheek joke about how... I, I've noticed other people reference Spider-Man now in terms of like auction prices in WADA and basically just like as a example of what happens example. when a bubble bursts or when people invest without knowing what they're getting into. Space
0: Invaders went for 9600 sealed. At least that's a first production one, but that's that's still nuts. Uh, but at least that's more reasonable than the Pac-Man where the Pac-Man, there's like probably I don't know, thousands of them sealed and that's right. not even hyperbole. Thousands? Yeah. Pitfall
1: 9.4 sealed. Went for 2640 then a wada 9.6 a plus sealed uh pitfall went for 192 uh, 1920 Later. yet the person who is uh both the same auction um yet the person who got the 9.4 with only an a seal is trying to flip it for 3960 yeah. like these are people who are just i mean are you just shooting for the moon and yes. like shooting your shot and hoping for the best or... I think so
0: I think like I said I think there's a weird Resale thing going on with someone, not all, of them, but some of these prices you can see. That oh, sure, they're trying to just okay. Well, maybe the person that missed out or someone else would say, okay, I'm going to reinvest in this in the future, so I'll spend an extra thirteen hundred dollars. And to that person, that's free money, especially if they hadn't paid for it yet. I'm not saying they have or not, but like I said, in my experience, I could have sol- I could have tried to sell it without paying for it. So if I could have done it, they could do it. Right, it's more money at risk, obviously, because then you, you basically it's interest. Or late fees on on paying for it, and having it shipped out. Unless you can pay for it and have Heritage sit on it, which would be weird to do that. I guess that's also a possibility. Not have it shipped to you, just have pay them and then have them hold on to it until it sells
1: again. But it's, it's not like, like fucking it's, trading. Cards. But it's
0: not like it's only a few of these games where I, you see that. You see it for there's a decent amount that it's there uh, when it comes to this. So um, is there any other shocks or weird ones you want to point out here? No, the I mean, the main ones I wanted to point out were just that, like,
1: the again, the truly rare stuff goes for so much less than the not quite so rare stuff, um, which is, I think, the biggest shift in... Your DuckTales only went for 24000 Only. Only. Only.
0: <laughs> only. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, Mario is missing, Sealed goes for less than DuckTales. I and mean, Mario missing is incredibly, uh, more, much more hard to find. It's not incredibly well, so, it's, but it's definitely harder it's hard. It's rare. Yeah. It's very uncommon to find a game like that. Uh, same events, uh, just the cart went for 18,600. That's, that's probably what that, I'd say that's what that is worth. So that makes sense know, to me at this point. Cause that's always been in a, terms of
1: like, price. yeah, the current market and things like that. That makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, always, uh, Pokemon goes for a lot of money. Ocarina 14,000. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I think, wow, there's actually, there's more, it's like every third or not, no, not even, I'd say 30% of these, have a resell offer on these? Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Just like trading cards, like they're buying, hoping no, no, they no. got it for low enough to resell it. Actually, more than that. Not the super, the super. Actually, the Sonic Super High End. There's an offer at three twelve, and there's also for Mike Tyson at two sixteen. All right, I have a thought now. We brought this up before. I think, I think uh, this was brought up in the past about, uh, you know, what happens if these aren't paid for? What right. happens? And we brought that up before. Is that well, they'll probably. Just kind of hide it because it's not good if you know that these are not getting paid for. Right. But well, we might know for sure, though, or maybe it's a better indicator that if these, if, if a good percentage of these have a make an offer on them to the owner, I mean, immediately after you bought it, you think people have already transferred over for their Sonic in a day? Because uh, this went off on the 29th. We'll just say two days or three days, transferred over the $312,000 to buy it? No. It takes, a, takes a, some time to put together uh, a wire like that and to make sure that it's not a fraudulent. Like That's not yeah. a simple thing when you go to the bank. So when you start seeing that for like the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for 216,000, the, the 150,000 Mario Brothers, maybe there's more to this than I think. Seeing Because this is a good amount of these little green buttons saying make an offer. It's right. every third game. It's every third, sometimes more. There's like five in a row down here for Pokemon uh, Fire. Let's see. Fire Red, NBA Jam on Genesis, Contra, uh, Dragon Warrior 2, THB Miniatures. They all have an offer on it, and those are games that went for 30000 or about all of them.
1: Yeah, so you wonder if it's just people like holding out hope that they can
0: quickly get their money out of it. Yeah. These aren't collectors. No. Collectors wouldn't be immediately trying to flip their shit. The fucking uh, Punch Out gold uh, Famicom one with Bob Bull on it. Saw that. Ten thousand eight hundred. That's a great thing. That's not easy to find. I love that. They're already trying to flip it for sixteen thousand. That—that's not a collector. Collector would hold on to that and cherish that. Collectors don't immediately try to flip stuff. I should—I should—I should have um, pointed this out a lot sooner about about how this is. This shows that these are not collectors. Immediately trying to flip this shit. Yeah. Without it, before they get it in their hands. I'm more annoyed than ever before now. I see this. Because this is more than I thought. never be. The, the Cheetah Men 2. They're trying to double their money. They're trying to go from 8-4 to 16.8. Jeez. On it. I'm pissed. The more I see this. Your favorite game, Uncounting X-Men. They just bought it for sixty six hundred bucks. They want to get ninety-nine hundred on it. Awful game. Or more. Make an offer for more than ninety-nine hundred. <laughs> okay. We'll have the next update soon when there's another nine point eight. Super Mario. I wonder if they have them ready to go and are afraid to put it out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I wonder. I wonder if they want to maybe wait a little bit longer to make sure that people don't know about that. Because once that happens, all hell will break loose if that doesn't get anywhere near. If it doesn't, yeah. I mean, even if it gets to a million, all hell's going to break loose. I think so. Yeah. Because people will be like, well, it just went down 33%. It's Mm -hmm. percentages. It's not just the money, it's percentages at that point. So, all right. We, 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 we cool? We're cool. All right. Uh, Ian, Pat. We have a Patreon.
1: We do. Patreon.com slash podcast. You go. You give us a little bit of money. You get the full video podcast in return. Hangouts once a month. Bonus
0: podcast almost every week now. Almost every week. Go check that shit out. You want to hear me talk about my, my, my Wegman cookies and, the, and, the, and the, the making of the NES Punk episode that just came out, Frankenstein? We, Ian can, can gl- gl- gloss a... Uh, gloss, uh, what is it? What's the term? I couldn't think of the word. But anyway, we have a Patreon poll topic. As, as you Wax end. about? Wax about. I say gloss. You can wax about Wegmans. We have a Patreon poll. in second place as Ian de-dresses. D- huh. what, what video game character do you look, look up to or admire? 24%. And in first place, with a bullet, the most important game consoles ever ranked. This comes from uh, the retro sub stack from Seth Abramson. Nice enough to send me this. And we can go through this. So just like we went through with Seth, the, the, um, the worst NES games before. This was a simple um, sort of method he's, he used. Well, not simple. Methodology where he compiled via 55 media outlets and experts the definitive ranking of all 138 video game consoles ever released. This has, this has stuff that, to me, doesn't even count as a video game system. Lots of stuff in here that doesn't uh, count, frankly. But it's, if, it, if it plays a video game in one form or another, uh, it is ranked. Um, so the methodology was only all-time rankings were considered, only best-ever rankings with at least 10 consoles listed were considered, only lists that jointly judged handheld and full-size consoles were considered, and a bunch more. Sales data was not considered, nor lists predicated upon sales data, so had nothing to do with the popularity. Um, this also includes things like the minis and stuff like that. Sure. If a console appeared on a best-ever list but also appeared on a worst-ever list, it received points, additions, and reductions. Commensurate with the metrics used for both. So, you know, you can he talks more about about what he, what he's talking about. It. Um, he talked about when he was a kid, there was a debate between Atari versus Intellivision, one of the first console wars right there, if not the first one. So, okay, you want to start with, like, we'll start at, like, uh, uh, 20, or just go to, right to the top 10 right here? Let's go Let's go with the top 10. Okay. Well, we'll just say what just missed it. What just missed it was Nintendo Wii and 3DS, just about 11, 12, just missed the cut there. Yep. And, um, yeah, I don't think they deserve to be in the top 10. If we're not doing it on, on popularity, just about more importance of the console, I guess, and what they brought to the table, Yeah, I guess, game selections, things like that. I don't think I don't think an importance to the industry. I don't think it, 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 the Wii up. could
1: have been for its importance, but I don't think for game playing, it's it it really, well, it really warrants being in the top ten.
0: But nothing, nothing didn't have a legacy, behind, like after Wii? that, in terms of like, they went to the Wii U, which failed. Like, like sure, I just feel like for know, its importance in the market,
1: the amount of sales it did, for its motion can't controls, can't count the amount of
0: sales, right? You can't count um, that.
1: No, I know. I, I feel like it, it, it would have been more noted.
0: But, no, I get it. Uh, Atari 2600, definitely, at number 10. Yes, the Atari 2600 is, is what sort of blew up the, the console market. And that was, like, 56 70s. points. Is that what is, is that what the points in there? Yeah. Gotcha. Score in parentheses. Uh, number of first place finishes on best ever worse in brackets. So it never got first place on any of these. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the 2600, uh, you know, really the first console that to have you know the arcade uh, ports on it. Um obviously they they tried and failed. It was a success with Space Invaders, which was a killer app, but failed at Pac-Man. So super important uh console for lots of reasons. It it established you know the the, the popularized the joystick and its form, everything else.
1: Uh nine Nintendo Switch. And uh it's one of those things where like I think about it and I try not to talk about anything. When we try to look at some things place in a larger scope of things, like greatest video game consoles. I try to wait until after the generation to really think about it, reflect on it. However, I will say that the Nintendo Switch is probably, and a lot of it is just timing, what's going on in my life, etc. But probably the system i put the most hours into in any sort of recent memory. Yeah, Um, Especially of modern systems. Um, And a lot of it simply has to do with the portable and uh, docking the way you can use it portably or you can dock it and use it at home. Uh, something that I do think really did kind of shake up the industry, and I think you're going to see a lot more of going forward. I mean, the Steam Deck basically does it. I mean, the Steam yeah. Deck basically took that directly uh, from the Switch. It, it docks or it goes portable.
0: that, that And being a, a success. Yes. Because if you try that and it failed, it'd be like, well, who cared? I, and I know it's like, well, you can't do console sales, but we'll just say a massive success. He it, didn't yeah. do console sales. We can bring them up. Sure. So the fact that it, it was the first major hybrid console, and was a massive success on top, this might be higher over time. This might shoot you the top three or four or five, like potentially, yes. I think. Especially if going forward, I don't, in my opinion, you'll, you'll never see a non-hybrid Nintendo console ever again after this. They don't have one ecosystem and that's it. There's yeah. no reason to go back. And, sp- and split it out for lots of different reasons.
1: They've proven um, they can do it, and I yeah. mean, it, it, it makes the most sense. They were always a portable... Cent- they were very successful with their portables. They wanted to still have a home console market. After the Wii U, there was no faith in that home console market. Sure. So what did they do? They made their portable their home console, yeah. and it worked.
0: Yeah, and they've never had a uh, portable not be a success. You don't count the virtual it's not. It really wasn't portable. Um, okay, uh, number eight, Sega Genesis, absolutely
1: uh, the Sega Genesis, first real mainstream competition to Nintendo in the U.S.
0: Absolutely important. Um, first direct arcade ports that like looked and plays at like very like, close. Yeah, I love um, the system. Um, first major mascot to take on Nintendo Mario was was Sonic. Yeah, yeah, Like It's yeah, it's a, hugely important. It it sold a a, a good amount. It, it dominated the Super Nintendo for a bit before the Super Nintendo caught up uh, later on. Uh, number seven, Sony PlayStation Four. You can talk about more about that that, that than me. Uh,
1: The PlayStation 4, I mean, was a a good system with a better, uh, I would say, online environment menu system UI than the Xbox One. Uh, I do think it's weird that these are on here. The PlayStation 4 is kind of like, I think it's really going to set the tone for how the next couple of generations, I think, of systems are looked at as more like uh, computers that can be, you know, Upgraded with pro models in between because the three you couldn't. Right? Um, yeah. And I think also the the big thing that I think the uh, PlayStation Four, into a lesser extent the Xbox One, foretold last generation is we're just going to see a lot less games on these systems because the marketing, bu- uh, the budgets, the production budgets for these games have gotten so high. Less AAA exclusives. Yeah, less AAA exclusives. More, um, more stuff that's you know timed exclusive, if exclusive at all. Um, less overall titles, and uh, I think. Uh, these companies are really going to have to start focusing more on their um, online stores and making those more enjoyable to browse through because I think a lot of sales are going to start coming from smaller indie type games in the interim in between the big AAA titles.
0: So the, you're saying that PS4 is like almost like the, it's the modern console like I would call it, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't have that whole lot to say about it.
0: Number six is Nintendo 64. Hmm. Okay. I, uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's
1: interesting because it's one with a lot of fans, a lot of fanboys. But I feel like it's more of a vocal minority than it is a true representation yeah. of. I think it's the people who had one; they loved it, they found stuff to love on it, and that's that's great. I think that the issue
0: with putting this in the top ten—I'm not saying deserve deserve a place in the top twenty, you know, top twenty-five—because obviously there's top
1: twenty for sure. And I and I can uh, make the argument for the top ten because the Nintendo stuff that came out on that system—I mean, that that that. The first party output on there, the Zelda, the 3D Marios, games like Mario Party, stuff like Mario uh, Pokemon Snap, it really kind of showed what Nintendo's game design was going to be like
0: going forward. And And the first party stuff was good. And and Super Mario 64 is one of the most important games ever. Sure. So like that alone could get you there. And I get that. Um, um,
1: but it's like really, I I know it's the cliche, but it's true. Once you get outside the first party stuff, in maybe ten to fifteen other really good third party titles, mm-hmm.
0: you're left with racing games and sports games, and there's just not a whole lot. I think I think the hit against Nintendo 64 is this. It's almost like the same thing with with the Wii. It was like, yeah, we sold some, but then we stopped. Like. The 64 <laughs> so, some, but we stopped. <laughs> in this Nintendo 64. I wouldn't put this in my top ten because it was in my top ten. It, what's in fourth place would never bother to flourish. You, the, the holding on to the cartridge was so out of date by 90, uh, 96. Right. It was years past its ex- expiration date to use the cartridge. If they had gone with the CD format. The 64 might be the number one or two or three console ever, ever. I could have made that. Like, to me, the 64, for that alone, shouldn't be in the, the top. Uh, it was outdated. The 64 was outdated in terms of if it's software tech to me. not talking about, like, oh, like, obviously, the, the architecture. We can do all those amazing things. I'm just talking about, like, they should not have used the cartridge. I, don't, I mean, at all. Because of that, there was almost no RPGs on the system. Uh, you had uh, companies like, like like Square say, fuck you. You know, fuck you. We're not we're doing Final Fantasy on your system. We just can't do it. It's, it's ridiculous. So that's why, to me, it does not make the, the top. Uh, the top ten. Xbox three hundred and
1: sixty at number five. We got to move through them. Um, so Xbox three hundred and sixty at number five. I much like. I think the PS four was like the defining console of. Last generation, I feel like the 360 was more defining than the PlayStation 3 or the Wii when it comes to uh, AAA Gen Seven games. Um, everyone had one. Uh, it kind of got. It was kind of the system that got me back into modern gaming. I think what's really more, what's very important for the Xbox 360 is it was the first system to really get that online. Um, Game really really figured out the online gameplay in the online environment, yeah. Uh, with the lists and the Xbox Live Arcade store, it is love it or hate it or love how they set it up. It is the blueprint that, um, Sony and Nintendo followed. Yeah. I was gonna say, also the one that really got the online
0: multiplayer to it, yeah. A no, it, it, it they, that, that's it. that's my whole point. Yeah, the, oh. the
1: 360 is important yeah. in and of itself just for the also, online multiplayer, digital
0: game store front, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there was so much things that they did right. Controller was controller was ass with the pad, but that aside, you know. So yeah. Number four,
1: Sony PlayStation. There's actually a lot I want to say about it, but not so, not really. It, it's in conjunction with the PlayStation 2. So we're going to wait. I'm not going to give away what spot that is, but it's coming. Um, but yes, the switch from cartridge to CD got a lot of people, I think, to grab it based on, uh, the flash, the graphics. Um, but also you could do a whole lot more with that space. CDs were cheaper to manufacture. Right. Um, and the CD, a CD reading system, um, that was running off of more, I don't want to say, off the shelf, but less complicated tech. was cheaper to sell and, it, I mean, the prices but, came down very quickly on PlayStations and, uh, I mean, the rest is history. And they
0: that. were radically different. A lot of those games were radically different than the N64. Yes. So it was like a true, like, competitor. Like, more so than Genesis was as the Super. PlayStation to yes. the N64 was a oh, radical com- departure. Comparing, comparing
1: PlayStation yeah. games to N64 games was almost never something that went well in the 64's favor.
0: Yes. So, and And obviously, now Sony's a a huge powerhouse, so you have to put them in the top, Yeah, if not the top five, top ten for Sony PlayStation. Number three, the NES. Of course, it's going to make the top five for lots of reasons. You know, it brought back the, the home console market. Uh, to most of the world, especially North America. It was, uh, I mean,
1: for a whole generation of uh, millennials, it was probably the first thing you actually played video games on unless you're playing a hand-me-down 2600 um, because there were a couple of years there where like, it wasn't a
0: viable thing. It, it broke through into the mask uh, more so than Atari did, way more so. Nintendo broke through into like, the popular, popular culture yep. in a huge way um, with multiple mascots and franchises that Atari could only... For, in the Atari era, it was only Pac-Man. That's what broke through, uh, huge, but that was it. Uh, for Nintendo, you have you had every everything. You older. had Mario, you had Zelda, you had, yeah, you had everything, in Metroid.
1: I can't remember where I talked about this, but something that I, you know is uh, you had a movie worth noting. Um, and Nintendo was the first company I think to really, um. <sighs>
2: Figure out the formula? Yeah, to really use
1: video games as video games. They embraced it. They embraced video games for what they were. Uh, When you were on the Atari, you did get some single-player stuff. You got, like, your... Uh, your adventure and your indiana jones but most of it was very simple arcade uh, type stuff and a lot of it was a lot of it was like if you weren't playing with two players what the hell was the point anyways it was treated as a a lot of them were looked at as like board games but on your computer it
0: was neat in that sort of way the nes uh, in interviews have always said it was just evolved
1: enough Enough. to break through right They, they embraced what they could do and they created uh i mean long, but they in some instances like Zelda, sure, but they created longer more,
0: um, I guess enriching experiences. The graphics looked like cartoons. That was a huge thing. You couldn't do that on Atari or even on ColecoVision a little bit, but not like you could do. There's a big difference between Smurf on ColecoVision and Legend of Zelda and Metroid. It's a a step up, and that's why I think they broke through as well with kids. Uh, Super Nintendo number two. That to me is too high. But I see, I see why they're basing that solely on, you know, basically the super Nintendo is a natural progression. It's basically, it's the super Nintendo. It's a super NES, it is. It's the natural progression uh, in the hardware and in the controller, obviously, which is one of the best controllers ever still. That's why I put it that high, but maybe not number two. And you go from Metroid to super Metroid, you go from Legend of Zelda to link in the past. So it's the natural upgrade super Mario world. So like, that makes sense. I'm not sure I would have put it two, but I can top five. I think maybe top six. I would put it in my in my list,
1: which takes us to number one: the Sony PlayStation Two. And I agree. Much like the Super Nintendo, and we rarely we don't see this a lot. I don't think in video games. Much like the Super Nintendo, seemed like the perfect evolution of the Nintendo. The PlayStation Two seemed like the perfect evolution of the PlayStation. They didn't change anything up too drastically. Same they controller, l- just about. They looked at what worked and yep. they kept running with it. Um, the main thing that I think puts that to me. Solidly cements the PlayStation Two at number one, and you don't have to worry about what people think about your hobby. I don't, but the PlayStation Two, I think, is kind of the defining video games are in the mainstream and are now
0: mostly acceptable to, to adults. Everyone. everyone, yes. You think the DVD player has something to do with that to uh, some
1: extent? You know, I, I, I don't think it does in the long run. I mean, I, but it, it helped. But I, yeah. it, it certainly helped, but I think it really was just. PlayStation caught fire, and by the time the PlayStation 1 was fizzling out at the end of my uh, at the end of my time in high school, um, it had already started, this is why I was talking about when we brought it up at number four, it had already started to kind of break those boundaries. People were buying the Madden games. The jocks were buying Madden. And they
0: were teens then.
1: Yeah, the they're stoners older. were playing Final Fantasy VII because yeah. they saw a cool TV commercial and they found out I'm playing it and they're like, oh, this story is great. Um, you know, you had... All sorts of people, like really, kind of dipping into these games as PlayStation came down in price from two hundred to one hundred fifty to a hundred or whatever it was, and people started snapping them up. And then I think by the end of that, people were just getting so excited; there was
0: no way the PlayStation Two could fail. And, and there were young adults by then, and yeah. they kept with it; they didn't give it up. Right? Exactly. So it's really it's our generation that went from NES. To like Genesis, we'll just say or Super, and then PlayStation, and then. But people of 2. our
1: age, I think there's a. I, I would be interested in finding. out... I think there's probably a good amount of people our age who maybe never did Nintendo and Super Nintendo, skip that, and Genesis. But I feel like PlayStation Two really
0: was the system that kind of brought everyone into video games. So that was like the the first one that was kids, adults, everyone, and now. More so than the PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation was more marketed towards teens. I would probably think.
1: Sure, and like I said, I think Sony realized
0: that and realized that they had
1: a way to keep this, this this mark this 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 momentum going, and that was basically don't change much of
0: anything, just make the graphics better. So and that's what they did. So the PlayStation Two, more than any other console, that was like the wide accepted console, almost harkening back to the Atari when they marketed to adults and kids. Yeah, and then that was abandoned for. 20 plus years almost 20 almost over 20 years and then we're back to and i feel like it's probably the smoothest savviest
1: follow-up to a console we've seen I love the Switch, but I mean, I you need you need two parts to. You need, the Wii U is a disaster. The PlayStation to the PlayStation Two, I think, is maybe the most dominant any company has has been. It was
0: natural because like the Super Nintendo did not do as well as the NES. I was going to say you can't even yeah.
1: necessarily say the NES and Super Nintendo because Sega came in, there was competition, et cetera. I don't think any. I mean, Microsoft did well enough with the Xbox to stay around, but it's it, it didn't. It didn't it didn't really didn't it
0: hurt yeah Sony it at didn't
1: all. hurt Sony yeah no it's I, probably the most like I said the most dominant 10- year run of a company
0: I no, don't talking about the games that much but obviously there was tons there was thousands of games too was two thousand plus games on the PlayStation 2 I mean they made it they made they produced games on it for like 12 13 13 years yeah on the PS2 I mean that's insane to do that all right well that's uh, thanks Seth for uh, helping uh, with that list that was that was a good one. All right, we got voicemails here. Let's do a couple. We'll do like 10 minutes at most here. Uh, Go to anchor.fm slash to see you podcast, and you can leave us your hopefully, hopefully short voicemail.
2: Hey, guys. It's Andrew of Ukraine. I have a question. Do you have any topics that you would not ever discuss on podcast under any circumstances? I know that for Ian... This is uh, tales from a a game store because (laughs) it's much about personal life. So maybe any others for you, Pat? I mean, except obvious, like religion, politics and stuff. Okay. Thank you. Bye.
0: Well, we brought up politics before here and there. We brought up social issues here and there, but it's not the purview of the podcast. I don't know. There's not a huge amount. I think that I would be like, okay, I don't want to talk about it because of circumstances. Maybe even something that's touchy with like someone I know personally as a friend. You know, I don't want to. You know, I, I wouldn't feel a need to go after someone without hearing like a full side of a story or something like that. I don't think I would do something like that at this point in my life. Um, but for the most part, though, I don't think there's something we ever said no, we're not going to discuss that at all. I don't
1: know. No, I don't think we have any hard rules on what we would or would not discuss. I'm, I'm open to discussing politics and religion whenever the need arises, which is not very often on a gaming podcast, but it does come up. Fuck you if you tell me that I shouldn't talk about politics. Um, Shut up and play games. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't really want to talk about my personal life. As I get older, I want to talk about my personal life less. I want to talk about my work life almost none at all. And... Um, I'm generally not like super into discussing sex because the questions always come off as weird and conquesty, and it's
0: just not I, a topic I generally enjoy. Yeah, the sex stuff is almost like, what's the point of discussing it? There was a podcast I had with a friend where they they really it was him him and his co host try to really ask me detailed questions about my sex life. I'm like, how is this interesting? Like, who's interested in this?
1: I don't know who is interested in my sex life, and I don't um, want to know anyone who is interested in my sex life other than my wife. Yeah.
0: Hey, guys, James from Asheville, North Carolina. So now that we know that the difference between $100 and a $1 million is a thin layer of saran wrap, do you think grading companies will turn their attention to the slabs? <laughs> uh, I know as a hardcore collectionist, I don't want my precious 9.8 game in a scratched up 8.2 slab. Uh. And of course, eventually, I'm going to want to get my slabs slabbed. Mm. And I think this could be a pretty untapped market. Keep up the good work
1: slab session i fucking hate that you said that because someone's gonna do it someone's gonna do it out there someone's gonna grade the slab of the of the book someone's gonna do it somewhere and it's it's goddamn it
0: hey guys it's brian from pennsylvania ian what was your favorite pinball machine that you covered for the video game years
1: I don't remember what I covered for the video game years because I was mostly just pointing from, from my uh, favorites, but Centaur is, I mean, Centaur's the easy answer, and I probably said Fathom as well. Uh, both Bally machines. Both, Pinbot, maybe? Or- both from relatively the same era. Bride of um, Pinbot? Is that a thing, though? So yeah, Centaur, Fathom. Um,
0: yeah, both of those. What was, what was the underwater one? Fathom. Uh, was that underwater one? Oh, I and can't. I probably covered Sea Witch as well, which I really like. Okay. You like to cover one with a, good, with a good art, usually with a female form on it. <laughs> Hi, guys. a long time First time caller. Uh, just a couple questions. Was wondering, as someone who's starting to get into PC Engine collecting, what is the model you recommend? Oh. And what are some top hit games that you recommend getting for just to start off the collection?
1: The game's question is hard, and I try We've to answer forever, it because <laughs> it, because they're all very they're all getting very expensive right now. Shooters, but get, um, all the shooters are very expensive. But get shooters. That's what the system is really ideal for. Uh, platformers as well. Um, Superstar Soldier should be relatively inexpensive. Definitely pick that up. The model that's easier. Uh, uh, get a Turbo Duo R. Um, it is. There's no unless you're a collector. There's no reason to buy the separate components and piece together a CD ready system. Um, it looks really cool, but it's going to be really, really expensive. The Model R is a revision of the original um, PC Engine Duo, so it's it's better built. So PC Engine Duo R, get that. Um, and what was I going to say about that? Uh, oh yeah, just get that because if you try to get just the PC Engine, you're going to realize half the games you want to play are on CD anyway.
2: Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. Tony here from London, Ontario, Canada. Longtime listener of the podcast. I just wanted to ask, do you guys consider Metroid, Kid Icarus, and Rad Racer black box games, even though they're in those silver boxes? Black box games. Just always wondered.
0: Thanks for taking my question, and yeah, keep up the good work. Well, no, because they're not black box games, but they're also a step up in, in, in terms of technology as well, especially since Kid Icarus and Metroid were, um, they were disc games uh, at first. Uh, especially Metro Kiddercrus, Kiddercrus was a disc game as was. well. Was um, and Rad Racer, I mean, they're produced years after those the Black Box games. Most of those were produced in eighty, eighty three, eighty four. Uh, so we're talking like it's a it's a next generation of NES games at that point. Once you get to like Rad Racer, it's easy in my head to see them
1: as such because they had the same like dot art stickers. But no, I mean they're silver box, and games also they're silver. Ice
0: Hockey is not is the same style, but it's a blue box. But you, it's blue box. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're the next generation of NES games to me. How dare you, good sirs. I have been craving a Friendly's hot dog for the past two
2: years. (laughs) Two years? I live in Arizona. There isn't one around here for miles.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Sorry, man.
2: Hi, Pat and Ian. This is Liz from Rochester, New York. I got done listening to an episode where Ian recalled Pat saying in the past that he didn't think there would ever be a PS2 punk. And I've literally thought about that um, very often in the years since you've said it. Uh, and I wanted to tell you that I teach middle school, and my students refer to the PS2 as ancient and rare. <laughs> rare. <laughs> so I think maybe there will be a generation one day who thinks that it's retro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Whoa.
0: You got like a Max hedger thing going on there, Elizabeth, on your recording. Rare. They can say ancient because kids think something ten years old is ancient. Like no, rare? but
2: I, I think
1: rare. So as a kid, I I knew kids who did this sort of thing, and I think I can. Cons- I can. Cons- when I was a kid, I remember getting games, uh, like some of my first Nintendo games that were kind of after the fact when I was like thirteen or fourteen, and thinking of them as rare. Um, I I think rare just. To a lot of kids, I think rare means something special, uncommon, old, something they haven't interacted with. Not necessarily rare. Just like a wrong usage of the word. There's nothing rare about PlayStation 2. No,
0: there's 100 million of them sold. Right. <laughs> it's not rare. Was it still the number one selling system? Yeah. All time. Uh, we could do a few more here.
1: Yo, Ian, Pat, it is your boy from Denver, Jonathan. Just wanted to say what's up. Um, short and sweet. I was a TG16 kid too. Yeah, hey. um, I have the mini. When you were watching those trailers or at Toys R Us, what was the game that popped off the shelf, freaked mm. you out, and you had to get it? Or what was the game that you pined for hopelessly and never saw it? Um, Get out to Denver so we can wrestle. Love you guys.
0: Everyone always challenged me to like jujitsu or wrestle. Everyone wants to kick my ass when uh, I want to travel. Air for
1: me. That was the game that made me absolutely want
0: more than more than Bonk, more
1: than anything. That was the game that made me want a Turbo Graphics.
0: Because I don't think toys, I don't think my Toys R Us had that display anymore for all those later uh, or, or even middle ones. That's day. where I
1: played it. Was at Toys R Us. You
0: played it there. I played it. I played Air at a
1: Toys R Us on a system that had a controller where the up button did not work, and
0: I still wanted it. Good so for bad. you. Ian. Um, mine had the, the 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 kiosk where you couldn't play it. It was just the the kiosk running it. So the, the 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 two games that got to me, just because I never saw anything like them. Super Volleyball to me looked amazing. It looked amazing, and that was just a 2D, but you jumped up, and I was like, wow, I never saw a game that looked that fluid it was just the
1: graphics that did it. it. wasn't necessarily like the game itself. Yeah. I used to
0: get that way uh, with yeah. golf
1: games. Golf games, they always made them look really nice. The and CDI it was,
0: golf game? It was, it was
1: easy to do, I think, because you're just doing like a lot of gradients to green, but I always looked at golf games and I was like, wow, the graphics are so nice on those. All
0: right, we'll do two more.
1: Yo, Ian, Pat, it is...
0: Oh, uh, we just did that. Uh, we'll just do one more. he has got to go. We got, we got someone we got someone that uh, needs to update us. Oh, no. On, on physical products.
2: Hey, Pat, you're a real dumbass. You know that? I heard you crying about the Amico physical products and the way they work. Like, oh, this is so complicated. It's really not, Pat. For the last time, you have an NFT on an RFID card that you transfer to a VHS. You give the VHS to your BFF as long as they're a BBW and as long as they're a member of either the AARP or the NWO, doesn't matter. And then, boom, you play playing your game. And be on the lookout for those factory variants. Rad Rocky found that one with the card on top and the coin on the bottom. And it's super rare. He's the only one who has that. Oh, and Mikey Blitz has one like that. But apart from the two of them, no but—oh, Silent Bill has one like that, too. Right. But they are the—oh, Piss Redfield has one. I forgot. But that's not the only kind of variant. Sammy and Hartford just got a copy of Missile Command that had some dried guacamole on it. <laughs> Hold on to that one, buddy. Try to get it graded if you can. Don't listen to Pat. He's a dumbass, like I said. See you later, dumbass. Hey,
0: okay. Piss Redfield. I gotta look up that YouTuber. Piss Redfield. <laughs> Red Rocky. <laughs> Red Rocky. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. For, for, for... Well, you know, Tommy, if you put that in your, in your FAQ, some of that information, then, you know, I'd be able to find it. That's it for the CU Podcast? That's it for this episode. How did we get through this one? I I was falling apart. We did it. We did it. Bye. We'll see you later. If you want any extra uh, podcast goodness, uh, go to patreon.com slash CU Podcast for our exclusive recording that we did before this podcast. We'll see you later. Bye.